you know, definitely don't recommend someone post, you know, two times a day, seven days a week. That's not needed. It's all about quality versus quantity. Hi, I'm Darren Woolley, founder and CEO of Trinity P3 Marketing Management Consultancy, and welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media, and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. My guest today is a branding and digital marketing expert, currently the Chief Brand Officer at Zilka Media, an end-to-end marketing solution for thought leaders and the companies they lead. It is her belief that business executives should focus on their personal brand and not just their institutional brand. This philosophy and approach that has seen her create successful digital strategies for thought leaders, best-selling authors, and community brands seeking to grow their online presence. Please welcome to Managing Marketing, the Chief Brand Officer at Zilka Media, Nicole Williamson-Davidson. Welcome, Nicole. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Look, um, it's a really interesting area, personal branding, particularly in the era of social media. It seems that we've got influencers and and uh, it particularly professionally, a lot of people that call themselves thought leaders. What do you mm-hmm. think of the uh, self-proclaimed thought leader? You know, you've seen this term thought leader grow so much over the last couple of years and Um, It's made it really exciting for us, at least on our side of how we do business. You know, it gives people an opportunity to have their own personal branding and thought leadership and really communicate a message to build a community if you're doing it correctly. Um, But I love that people have really owned this term and have really dived um, headfirst into just how they can own their own positioning and become their own thought leader and expert in their industry. Um, I think that's been a wonderful shift I've seen on social media the last couple of years. Because the first time I came across uh, the concept was actually more than a decade ago. It was very early on and there was a uh, pool installer, I think it was in uh, North Carolina, who became a thought leader on pool installations because they ran a blog that, mm-hmm. and, and remember blogs, you know, yes. uh, that, that <laughs> used to answer all the questions that their clients had. And because of this, it became the go-to place for yeah. um, finding out about pools. So it's, it, it's almost any category can have a thought leader, can't it? Any industry, any category, book, you know, if you're an author, that's a great way to do it. If you're a speaker or if you're just an executive, and I say just, but, or if you're an executive at any type of company, uh, there's so many opportunities to drive a message for your brand. And maybe if you're an executive at a company, be the thought leader for your company and help move your company forward. Um, I love that there are so many industries involved now and you know, like a pool installation, you're not siloed to, oh, well, I can only be a thought leader if I'm Brene Brown. And I'm like, no, you have a voice, you have impact that you can have as well. Um, so there's just a lot of opportunity there. And I love that we see so many different industries because there's so many different um, areas of impact that that can be had. Now, we know a lot about influencers because influencers mm-hmm. get a lot of uh, sort of trade media time 
for marketing. But how does a thought leader differ from an influencer in your mind? Yeah. Well, a thought leader is really probably driving business results or lead gen or maybe just kind of being that executive pushing their company forward. The influencer is getting paid to post nine times out of 10. So they're they're selling a product for someone else um, and they may have their own point of view, but nine times out of 10, they're getting paid to do that content. The thought leader more or less is focused on building trust around their brand, building a community, building impact. And again, not saying that influencers can't do that, um, I think we've seen great examples recently of, of how influencers can. Um, but thought leaders, you know, I think it's a little bit more about impact and community and how to really drive a message out there that's going to help others um, and drive, you know, business results at the end of the day. And, you know, there's a little crossover, though, for sure. Well, certainly a thought leader could become an influencer, couldn't they? Absolutely. Particularly in their that. category. But I like the distinction that a lot of the influencers are actually hired guns, a bit like celebrity spokespeople. They are. Yeah. And they actually, to me, have more impact than celebrity spokespeople just because they're us. They're everyday people who just have a massive following over time. And, um, you know, I've I have fallen to the influencer, <laughs> the, the will of the influencer multiple times of purchasing things that I probably don't need, but it wor it works. And it's definitely a marketing tactic that is continuing to grow and be successful. The, um, the interesting thing, though, is a lot of business people feel uncomfortable, don't they, putting themselves out there? Yeah, we see that a lot. Uh, it's, it's a lot of people are like, well, I don't want this to be about me. I don't want it to appear like I have an ego. And it's not about ego. It's about impact and trust. And that's what we try to really reaffirm with our clients that no one's going to trust your brand, just your brand posting and your website and a logo. You need so much more than that. You need the humanizing approach to it. You need to be the one driving the message. You need to be the one talking about your purpose and mission. And if you don't have a human person doing that, it's not going to work. So how do we position our executives and thought leaders at the forefront of the brand is really essential to what we do to help them drive their business goals, which we talk about with them all the time. Um, but it's utilizing both to, to drive everything forward. It is interesting how, as human beings, we do gravitate towards other humans, isn't it? It's such a, a basic need to, to either you know, connect or follow with real people. I use that term real there. Sometimes people use the term authentic or genuine. But you know, that would be an important part, wouldn't it, of, of being a uh, thought leader, of building your own personal brand, is, is really not trying to be something you're not. It's so important. That authenticity, the genuine approach to it is so critical. Don't try and be someone you're not. Don't don't try and be Brene Brown. Brene Brown is Brene Brown. Like, let her do her thing. You know, Mel Robbins is Mel Robbins. Let her be Mel Robbins. You know, we want everyone to have their own voice and you have your unique message. And, you know, we really work to find that and pull that out of you, of people um, if you get on there though, and you're just kind of posting and, you know, throwing out numbers that don't have anything to do with what you're doing or, 
you know, you're trying to be this expert in all fields, it doesn't land. So really focus on what your mission is, what value you can bring to someone um, with your approach and just be authentic. You know, it's all about that authenticity at the end of the day. That's what's going to land. That's what's going to build a community and draw people in. Trinity P3. It's interesting from my perspective because people talk about authenticity and they go, well, how do you know it's authentic? I always say to them, if you feel awkward saying it, you're probably not being authentic. You know, I think most people in themselves have a enough self-awareness to know when they're trying to be something they're not. Yeah, and we see people try and replicate other things. So it's like, well, I love, I love this and I love what they're doing. I'm like, well, they're doing it really well, but we need to find your thing. We need to find your approach. We want someone to look at you and be like, wow, I love what they're doing. It's so unique and not just replicating everything that's going on, especially now with AI tools like ChatGPT. There's so much content out there and it's so much more than we've ever seen before because anyone can throw something into ChatGPT and be like, write me 10 posts about this, but you need your perspective. And if you don't have your perspective on it, it's not, it's just not meaningful. So ChatGPT is great for what it's worth and using it as a baseline and brainstorming is wonderful, but you got to have your side. You got to be you and you got to have your approach and your perspective and your values and, and what you're doing. Well, just on that, I um, recently saw another AI app that will take a script and put it into your voice. And then another one that will scan you and have you um, perform that on video. So basically, you don't, for all those people that are terrified of uh, having themselves recorded in front of video, you can AI the whole thing and create a deep fake version of you saying whatever the script likes. That's terrifying. That's a little terrifying <laughs> to me. That how far that has gone, I've seen things as far as. Um, I don't know which AI tool it is, but they have other artists singing other artists' music. And so I'm like, how how does that work? I feel like that's probably a, a copyright issue of some kind. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely taken over a lot of things, especially on the content development front. Well, I just feel that it's going to make uh, authenticity and, and, and people being genuine uh, so much more important because when we're flooded with all these fakes and and AI generated messages and images, um, then you know we've got a real problem there with who do you believe? Absolutely. If people really spend time, you know, our big priority is LinkedIn. If you spend time on LinkedIn consistently, a couple times a week, and reading through a feed, you can absolutely tell who used AI tools to write their content and didn't change anything, just straight up copy and pasted it and who actually spent time putting a post together in their own voice and their own message. Um, to me, it's, it's very, very obvious. So I always laugh because I'm like, well, I think I've seen that post somewhere else before. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's great. We always we always encourage people who are writing their own content to, you know, use it as a baseline. Definitely. It helps get you started. It helps brainstorm. Sometimes sitting down to write a post is difficult. So definitely use the tools that are given to you. But don't lose your perspective. Don't lose who you are and don't lose your voice because that's that's what matters. And that's what people want to see. 
And I think that's important, you know, because everyone does have a voice. You know, everyone Absolutely. has their and, and a perspective that they'll bring to any topic. That um, the danger is when they start copying each other, then it just ends up a bit like bad advertising. You know, nothing stands out because everything sta- seems the same. It does. And, and I think the other thing that I see is, you know, what doesn't work is when people make content all about them all the time. You know, we call that you driven content. Um, it's it's something you have to do. You've got to sell sometimes. You've got to make posts about you from time to time. But think about value that you can add beyond that and relationship building that you can have in your content. You know, we love interview series and, you know, podcasts and all of those things. Find ways to do that, to bring someone else into your world and, and have conversations. I think that's so powerful and so impactful um, because if someone like goes on your page and all you've done is I'm selling this, I did this, I talked about this, you know, I am here on this versus I sat down and talked with so-and-so and we had a great conversation about this topic. That, and you're inviting that community, you're inviting that conversation in. Um, so you've got to find that right balance. Otherwise it, it, it can turn people away. Now, um, you've sort of touched on it already, but, you know, one of the other obstacles that people find with becoming, building their own personal brand or becoming a thought leader is they think it takes a lot of time, you know, that this is almost like a second full-time job. It's not true, is it? No, we, we definitely don't recommend someone post, you know, two times a day, seven days a week. That's not needed. It's all about quality versus quantity um, and acting like a a normal human on the platforms. And, you know, if LinkedIn is your priority, posting a couple times a week to post at a minimum is great. It's value. It's you're giving something um, that people can utilize and and create great content. That's that's fantastic. Um, but don't, I don't recommend people spend like 20 hours a week. Sometimes people are so worried about us. Like, no, you don't have to do that. Um, and a lot of times if you're utilizing things like video content, or if you're doing a podcast or an interview series, there's a lot of content that's going to come from that. If it's an hour long conversation, you've got multiple opportunities to repurpose and remarket that. So we believe in working um, smarter, not harder. So utilize the content you spend the time doing and make it work for you. Trinity P3. Now, we've seen some great examples of very senior business leaders do this. You know, I mean, obviously, um, uh, Elon Musk comes to mind or um, uh, Jeff Bezos. You know, that's the other thing is that they, they seem to be very out there highly confident, you know, outspoken uh, personalities. But you can actually uh, build your personal brand without being one of those people, can't you? You can. You don't have to be these giant personalities. Um, you know, sometimes we don't we don't need that always. <laughs> um, I think it's... it's pretty it's crowded like, out there. <laughs> it can get crowded. It can get crowded. It can get loud as well, um, as we've seen. But I think at the end of the day people will resonate with what's authentic, like we talked about and what's real. And, you know, there's room for that. It's, it's for who you are. If you are a naturally lean towards being humorous in your content or how you have a normal conversation on the street, 
pull that out in your content. People will be like, oh yeah, I know them personally. And that is how they are every time I talk to them. But if you're, if you're that, and then you come on, you're super laced up and buttoned up and everything's really, really formal and really, really straight laced and there's no humor in it. Someone's going to see that and be like, that doesn't feel like you at all. I don't, did someone else writing that for you? So you got to find that right thing. And yes, there are the big, the big personalities and, um, you know, that cause a lot of interesting storylines that we see. Um, but at the end of the day, don't feel like you have to be that to, to have an impact. And sometimes I think the more real approach and um, coming in with a focus message does, does more uh, better with that, at least. Now, Nicole, of all these social media platforms, you've mentioned LinkedIn a couple of times. Is, is that your preferred go-to for, uh, for most of your clients that are building their personal brand? It is. You know, it's one of the true platforms we see left with a great algorithm. Um, you know, it's content you want to see. It's meaningful content. It's not a lot of noise. Um, and we see the most results from that. So if you're focused on lead gen, you're focused on biz dev, or you're just focused on brand awareness, it has, it has a lot of impact. Um, and it builds really great communities over time. Um, there's so many great tools now. You know, and if you're looking to build connections with other executives or other thought leaders, we're seeing a lot of them shift to LinkedIn. Um, back in the day, you know, Twitter was one of the top platforms for, or X, excuse me. X um, now, yes. X now, <laughs> which I still can't get used to. It was one of the top platforms to build relationships with journalists. That's actually shifted quite a bit. We've seen that now more on LinkedIn. Um, by tagging them in articles that they've written and us, you know, putting our own perspective on their article, they respond. Um, you just don't see that as much on link or on Twitter now. So, you know, you have that. And then Facebook, if you don't have a page already built, it, you're paying top dollar for it. Um, and your personal account needs to stay your personal account. You know, we don't, we don't really manage that for people. Leave it for family and friends. And that's the value that that provides other than being an advertising tool. So, yeah, for most, you know, and then there's Instagram and sometimes that makes sense, especially if you're a speaker or looking for more of that video side. But if you're looking to engage, have this thought leadership, have this expertise, drive business growth um, and credential yourself, LinkedIn is going to be the best tool for that. And um, LinkedIn excels for business to business communication. I mean, I think the Instagram and Facebook are, are quite still quite good for business to consumer, but mm-hmm. that B two B area really, you know, LinkedIn has it stitched up, doesn't it? It does, and but we've actually seen it uh, shift a little bit to B two C too. It, it really has become a platform for both, and I think what we see a lot of times is if someone's trying to vet a, a brand, they go to the executive on LinkedIn. They yeah. see what they're talking about. They look at their content. They look at their expertise. Um, and it's kind of like, do I trust this based off of who's in charge and who's leading it? And what are they saying? And what are their values? So that's where we're at now. It's all about trust. And people are not trusting a brands anymore. So how are we shifting that? And that's that's really our approach to shift that, that mindset. So I was one of the first million people to sign up for LinkedIn globally. And uh, and they send me a reminder of that every so often. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing that I've seen over time is a real shift 
on LinkedIn from what used to be a very business-focused mm. interaction to more of the social aspect of work coming into it. And what I mean by that, you know, to bring it into the re- into the real world, as they say, For is sure. that LinkedIn in the early days was like you're in a meeting room or a boardroom. Mm. Now there's a lot more that it's like the water cooler or, or having a coffee with uh, colleagues in that uh, the conversations have genuinely become more uh, personal and less business-focused. Some some people call it um, uh, LinkedIn becoming more like Facebook, you know, but I, uh, I'm just interested in your thoughts on that because the algorithm seems to encourage more of that social, per, um, personal and social sharing rather than just business sharing. Yeah, it definitely has changed. You know, when LinkedIn started, it was so much about finding a job, posting about a job, job this, job that, you know, um, or updates there. There is much more of that personal content that's there. You know, you see more about people's families. You see more about traveling um, and sharing about real issues going on. And I don't I don't think it's gone as far as Facebook. Um, I think, you know, you're not going to see your aunt posting about something that you really didn't want to see on there. But I think the biggest thing is it still has a professional undertone to it and has a little bit more formal um, on LinkedIn versus, you know, Facebook is definitely more casual. Um, But yeah, it definitely has changed over time. And you can you can definitely see that that shift of, people posting a little bit more of their personal lives. Trinity P3. Well, look, as an expert, I I want to just put to you a few scenarios that I'm still not sure about, okay? One of them is uh, this increased behaviour of people on, on LinkedIn sharing their children's achievements, often with photos of their children, which mm-hmm. I know there's a big question mark with all social media about putting your children on social media. What do you think about that? You know, they've just graduated or they've achieved a, something at school or in sport and there'll be a photo and and a proud, you know, clearly a proud parent being yeah. very genuine. And I think in an office situation, you might probably do it with your colleagues, but LinkedIn's global. Yeah, you know, it brings up a couple of of good points. One is how often should we be sharing children on social media? That's a big topic, and we probably could do a whole hour-long podcast just on that issue alone. Um, You know, I don't see this as frequently on my side. It could be just that my network is just not sharing their kids or they're sharing that on other platforms. I see it a lot on Instagram, obviously. Um, yeah, I think it's finding the right balance. You don't want to, you don't want this to become, you don't want to lose the professionalism. Um, so you want to find the right balance. If, if your kid has a wonderful achievement, you know, something they've been working towards that you've been working with them on, whatever it may be, like graduations, like those are big things that I can see. Um, and I see a lot of the graduation stuff around that time of year. Um, but some of the other stuff, you know, it's finding the right thing, you know, how you don't want to lose your message. You don't want to lose what your goals are, like why you're there in the first place. And when you approach any kind of content, whether it's your kids, your family, travel, does it overall move your mission forward? 
like why you're there in the first place? Is it aligning with your goals? Is it aligning with your values? And if yes, then okay, you know, do it. But ask your, asking yourself these questions before you post when you're using this platform to maybe drive lead gen or biz dev or whatever it is, it's always a good filter to kind of have. You know, especially if you're, again, the, uh, an executive of a, of a company. Okay, the, the next one is uh, also interesting because I'm seeing increasingly people very open about sharing illnesses, particularly long-term chronic illnesses, um, uh, various types of cancer, and also uh, mental illnesses and the mm -hmm. struggles that people have individually. And you have to say it's a positive thing because it helps demystify and, and helps normalise the fact that you know your colleagues and 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 friends are going through this. I'm just yeah. wondering, do you think if there is there any suggestion or guidance that you'd have on those ones? Yeah, I think it's the context. You know, what are you tying it back to? And that could, this could go for you know the kids' content as well. Um, people were so scared for so long to talk about mental health in the workplace and illnesses and you know, these are real things of life. And I think it's an interesting thing to see when people are balancing both and dealing with both and their perspective and approach on that and that type of positioning. Um, I haven't seen a post like this personally. So, but I do know, um, I've seen, you know, a past, um, someone I'm connected with on LinkedIn, you know, they had um, breast cancer and they talked about their journey through that and, and how it impacted work and where they're at in their career now. And I think that is very meaningful. I think that's very impactful content. I think that's something that is going to resonate with someone and maybe helps. I know it's helped people. So that approach, like if you're coming with it of education and helping people, and I, I think that's so meaningful. Um, I think that's providing so much value. And um, I like I like to see that a lot of these conversations, you know, are more open um, and that people aren't scared to talk about real life um, that's happening. And especially because it impacts work. You know, it's when you're sick or something's going on, you still have to work. And so I'm I'm glad to see that people talk through those issues now. Now, um, the third one that uh, is interesting, because we both work in marketing and, and, and media and advertising, which some people would say is the most awarded uh, industry. We seem to have more awards and more um, recognition for our achievements. But uh, this, this I call the humble brag. It's the post that goes, I'm so honoured and humbled to be selected when you know full well that they were clearly entered in that competition. So what do you think of the humble brag? So it's funny because I would I would probably challenge the fact that only people in marketing probably and PR like probably are the only ones who know that you apply for some of those. Um, you know, we know that for sure. And there are definitely, you know, I think we're creating a lot of great awards for ourselves. Honestly, I'm very excited for us <laughs> on that. But I do, you know, a lot of it is credentialing. And so for customers, it's really great to see that, like for a customer to get on and be like, oh, I saw that you won this award and it, it immediately builds trust. Like it works. We've seen it time and time again. Um, even if you paid to submit the, the, for the contest, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to win, especially because everyone has to pay to get in. But 
I think looking at it as, again, it all comes with approach. Like, how are you messaging it? How does it sound? Does it sound like you? Um, and, but it does drive a lot of that credentialing and authority by association, just having that logo and being like, Hey, you know, I won this award. Um, customers love it and it really does. It really does work. So they, their chart, their, their chart, this industry's charging, they're making a killing off of it too. I, I know what it costs for some of these. Yeah. Um, Nicole, cause, uh, I think it's the wording, you know, you said, you just said then, you know, I won this award, you know, like acknowledging that you've been yeah. selected or, or winning, I think is good. It's the, I'm so humble that yeah. I've won this award or it's such an honour to win this award. You know, it's, they're words that just reek of inauthenticity, you know, of, of yeah. a lack of being genuine about it because you most likely knew you were in the running for it. If it came out of the blue, sure. But, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, to your point earlier, yeah, we're looking for genuine connection. But I absolutely get the point because the awards are also third-party endorsement, aren't they? Yeah, they are. The moment you put that logo on your website or in your email signature and you share it on social, it takes off. We see it time and time again be some of the biggest things from people congratulating, like, oh, I saw you won this. Hey, I've been, we need to set up a lunch and have a meeting to talk about how we can work together. I mean, the ripple effect of those, uh, they, they do work. So I see it, but yeah, I definitely, I see, I see what you're talking about sometimes. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta find the right tone. Trinity P3. Is there anything you see on uh, LinkedIn that makes you cringe? Are there any particular posts that, uh, make you uh, feel uncomfortable or, or you just want to reach out to the person and go, look, you know, I know a little bit more about this than you, Maybe. here's some advice. <laughs> this is a good question. I think it's when someone's overly salesy, like just really, really, really salesy. Um, because I, I don't think people resonate with that now. You know, no one wants to be sold at all the time and and why a lot of old selling strategies just don't work anymore you know and that's why we love linkedin for biz dev because it's more organic and more natural and conversational um but yeah it's the really salesy stuff like i that just doesn't resonate with me at all and something that i i don't see as going as far um on, on linkedin yeah. And, and the other thing that would balance that out beautifully is actually participation, wouldn't it? Yeah, because it's not just about you sharing your thoughts through posts, but yes. actually, you know, following people and, and contributing, not just, hey, that's a great idea, you know, but actually yes. put some thought into deepening the, that conversation or that thread to, to give another perspective. It's the number one thing that is missed time and time again is people post and leave and never do anything else. It's such a missed opportunity. You have to spend time engaging like a normal human. Liking is great, commenting is better, sharing is wonderful. So how do you engage with, you know, maybe you have a target list of connections, you know, like I'd love to do business with them. I'd love to have, you know, a business relationship with them or maybe, 
have them in my book one day, whatever it is, have a couple of contexts on LinkedIn that you're looking at consistently and find ways to naturally engage with them like a normal person. Um, but I do, I see it all the time. People post, they leave, they never engage, they never respond back to people that are commenting, which is a huge miss because the more you interact and the more engagement on your post, the further it goes. So yeah, just, just don't be, I think people are so scared to comment and like, and just be active on LinkedIn. I'm not, I, you know, we see it on Facebook, we see it on Instagram, but LinkedIn, I do see that hang up sometimes and it is, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Cause some of the best threads then will have multiple perspectives, even some that uh, counter to what's been shared in the first place. And as long as it's done in a respectful and, and professional business-like manner, I think people appreciate that there's there are different perspectives. It, it doesn't have to all be about the cheer squad, does it? You don't Absolutely. have to be the supporter for everyone. Absolutely. Sometimes I love when someone posts a differing opinion. If they share an article that's like, you know, I read this article, here's my point of view, and I don't agree with these points. And it's not to say that the article is bad or whatever it is, but it's just having a different point of view. That's, that is okay. And having these organic conversations in the comments sometimes, so much meaningful conversations happen there. And reading through them, you can see that, especially if anyone uses the LinkedIn um, news tool. There's so many great trending conversations there and comments and posts. It's just, you know, taking the active approach of commenting, engaging, having a conversation. It's you're going to one, you're going to enjoy LinkedIn more, but it's going to really drive your own thought leadership forward. Now, all of this um, personal brand building, you have to think of in a longer term, don't you? This is not advertising where you run an ad and hopefully get results or, or um, do some performance based yeah, paid search. It is. What what would you say to to someone starting out to build their um, personal brand? What sort of timeline should they be looking at? Yeah, you know, consistency is important. So if you do it for a couple of weeks and then you don't come back to it for a month, and then you do it for a little bit and you don't come back to it for two months, you're it, it's going to take a very long time. But if you start to get into a routine of building it and coming in with the right message and goals. You know, it's it's about six months to a year before we really do start to see results and impact. And some people are like, that's not long there. That's that's too long. And I'm like, it's just the reality of it, um, because the thing that people also forget is that LinkedIn is a great SEO tool. So it ha Google loves it for some reason. So what we see a lot is the more active people are on it and utilizing things like LinkedIn newsletters and posting and you're doing PR um, and getting these earned media and sharing it, those things populate more when someone searches your name. And that's owning your name on Google is by far the most important thing you can do. If someone searches you and you own that search. So LinkedIn plays a really big role in that. And so building consistency. And if you do it and consistently over time, you can start to see stuff in six months to a year. Yeah, it's interesting that people think that's too long because in yeah. actual fact, you need to play that long game. It's kind of like when someone says, I need a website. Can you get it up in the next three weeks? And I don't build websites, but I do know the reality of them. And it's like, no, <laughs> you, I can't, we can't do that. 
it's not possible. And, you know, it, it takes some education. <laughs> Look, um, thank you for uh, making the time to chat with us. It's been a great conversation around uh, personal branding. I appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. So um, I just have a question before we go, and that is, where do you see your personal brand? What's the positioning of Nicole Williamson-Davidson in the LinkedIn market space? Thank you.